this episode with Michael Brookins from AMI, Age Management Institute, I found it completely fascinating. Uh, There was so much to talk about, so much to unpack. This segment that we're doing on deconstructing anti-aging, I think it just opens up so many doors of discovery. And this was the beginning of it. And I thought he did a really great job. Uh, I think everyone's really going to enjoy this episode. Yeah, I agree. It was uh, very complex, very informative, and gave some uh, really good suggestions what people can do without spending any money, changes, changes of lifestyle. Yeah, the whole part about peptides and different peptides and the intermittent fasting. Um, I just thought there were so, so insulin, many takeaways. Insulin resistance. Insulin resistance. Hemoglobin A1C. Yeah. Just lots of lots of information. Yeah. Please enjoy it. But what do I know? I'm just a vagina doctor. Michael Brookins. Yeah. Welcome to the Vagina Doctor podcast. Thanks, Duncan. Good to be here. We've uh, both got practices uh, in Santa Barbara uh, that are directed towards uh, patient health Mm -hmm. and uh, longevity. Mm -hmm. Uh, We share some patients, too, to to cover the gaps between what you do and what we do. Um, Your background is in nuclear medicine, Mm -hmm. and uh, you specialized in interventional endocrinology. Mm -hmm. Read about that. That's very interesting. But how did you get from there yeah. to where you are now? I think in traditional medicine, I, I just kind of saw a, a, a void or, you know, I, f- I feel like there were certain ways to treat patients using more lifestyle, you know, sh- sleep optimization, stress management, nutrition, exercise, instead of just, you know, ablating the thyroid completely um, or, you know, just using prescription medic medication. So kind of getting burnt out in the field of nuclear medicine um, and then finding A4M, which I know Allison did, did as well. I just, you know, when you find your career and kind of your passion, you were, I was on fire at, at, at those conferences. And so this is great. This is exactly what I had been looking for. Yeah. So yeah, I just kind of saw a, a new route and passion with that. Can we um, go more into detail about A4M? Yeah. So I think it, I mean, it was like 23 years ago, I think Dr. Klatz and his partner, they they started a American Society of Anti-Aging Regenerative Medicine, um, which is, yeah, just using new novel techniques and combating senescence, which is the, the biological term for the aging process and treating aging as, as a disease, you know, being able to identify, diagnose certain aging processes in the body and then interventions, you know, with it. And, you know, just seeing some of the results with, with patients and studies, um, just seemed like a a better way, functional, more functional way to kind of treat, treat patients. But, uh, yeah, the A4M, uh, they've done just a great job and it's, it's worldwide and they just hire, um, and, and recruit, uh, speakers and experts from all around the world to to come and talk and, and share what they've noticed for different countries, which is really interesting. They really have a tremendous reputation, and they've, yeah. they've created this specialty mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. I mean, it's away from the teaching institutes. Yeah, I mean, it's all out of that, and they, I mean, it's a success a success story. And it's and it's worldwide. It's, it's just yeah. not traditional, 
U.S. medicine. It's, right. it's you know, providers that are, you know, in Belgium and, and other countries who have had sort of uh, a long leash to be able to do a lot of these novel approaches yeah. being, than being sort of, um, you know, caged in the U.S., if you will. Right. Um, Allison, um, you have the same qualification. And um, where, how did you get into it? You know, it's interesting. I just was so interested in the field. Like I was doing plastic surgery. There was no need really for me to go off and, and do that, but I was fascinated by it. And I did the first module and it was so medical and evidence-based and really functional medicine. Um, I just, I was fascinated by it. So I stuck with it and I did the two-year fellowship and did the board certification and did practice it um, a lot um, for several years. And then now just kind of try to use that to inform, you know, what I do. Um, but I think it's a great organization. I think it's very evidence-based. It's very scientific. And I think sometimes in the beginning, maybe it got a little bit of a um, bad reputation as being focused just on growth hormone mm -hmm. and kind of these more um, fringe things. But um, I, I thought it was a great uh, experience. What... Um what anti-aging medications are currently being used and for what yeah, um I know in many of the experts and clinics around the U.S., I think there's still a lot of contradictory. Everything's in kind of a trial right now. Like you, you might hear about using <coughs> metformin, which I think, you know, Fallon with Life Extension, he'd always touted as metformin as being the best anti-aging drug of the decade or last two decades. Um when you when you look at aging, I think you know it's 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 hard not to look at insulin resistance and insulin sensitivity. If you look at you know they call Alzheimer's now type three diabetes and coronary artery disease is I think an insulin resistance disease and metabolic disease. I mean, and you look at what metformin does, but being a GLP one and 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 being able to improve insulin sen sensitivity and and reduce caloric intake. I think a lot of these, you know, they call them senolytics, which are anti-aging medications. I think, um, you know, a, a lot of these seem to be, the ones that are effective seem to be targeting insulin resistance, insulin sensitivity. We've all heard semi-glutide and terazepatide. Every celebrity out there is, is, is taking it. But, you know, this is, I think this, I think semi-glutide and terazepatide will be touted as one of the best anti-aging. But some of the selenics we use that, um, you know, I, th I think along with lifestyle, it's not just, oh, take this. You're going to see your biological age or your, your, your aging slow down. I think, yeah, rapamycin, metformin, berberine, fisetin, quercetin, um, you know, TA65. There's a lot of great supplements out there that, you know, are, are great. Bearing in mind that a lot of the people that are listening to this don't have a clue have what you're talking about. have any idea what that is. <laughs> Swahili, you guys. I, I apologize, but... Dr. Google, just yeah, look it up. <laughs> uh, but there's a there's a lot, and there's a lot of that are being studied right now. There's the the, the trim trial, which you know took place and was able to show a twenty percent uh, increase in, in life extension, and it was using growth hormone, DHEA, metformin, vitamin D, and now there's the the Pearl trial, which is going on right now, which Ages uh, RX is putting on, and it's it's free if you're over the age of fifty. So if you can sign up for it. They're taking two to four hundred people right now, and it's using rapamycin and metformin, and to kind of see, um, do, doing certain biological testing to actually see what your biological age is versus yeah, your yeah. And, and how are they measuring that? Um, they're using 
four of the predominant sort of aging clocks, mm -hmm. which you heard about, I mean, telomeres, mm -hmm. which are the little things in your chromosomes that are, I guess, the length are correlated with um, the aging process. The shorter they are, the more your body's getting beat up with oxidative stress, silent inflammation, things like that. Uh, the longer they are, the, the healthier you are. So we use um, telomere length, um, the Dunedin pace of aging, which is kind of, a, I think, the most accurate. It's a real-time um, where your biological age is. For every year you're on planet Earth, it'll tell you, you know, how much of that, that year you're, you're actually aging. So the idea is to be less than 1.0. Mm -hmm. um, right. And then, all, of course, using genetics, using DNA and looking at the methylation of certain DNA markers, you know, if they're hypo hypomethylated, those, those good or bad genes can be turned on. The idea is to turn those off, turn off the bad ones, turn on the good ones. So looking at methylation of genes, telomeres, um, pace of aging, and then the mitotic clock, which is like your, your stem cells, you know, which you only have X amount. And those are all blood tests? They are a, a blood test, and it's a blood spot. It's just a mm -hmm. finger prick and... Um, just do a little little blood spot and send it off. It's our home home kits. Okay. Um, so, you, go ahead. Yeah, I was curious. Uh, you know, when a patient comes to your office, mm -hmm. what's your general approach? You know, when they mm -hmm. walk through the door, are you getting sick more sick people or people that are really optimized and are looking for that next level? I, I think we get a little bit of of both, um, but our our primary clientele is we don't really get a whole lot of sick people. We will get some. GI, SIBO, colitis, autoimmune, of course. A lot of these things are discovered in our initial workup as well because we do a very, very comprehensive blood work analysis. Um, we're able to look at, you know, just homocysteine and methylation and certain auto, you know, potential autoimmune markers that a lot of traditional medicine, you know, physicians miss because they don't run those labs because insurance won't cover them. Um, but yeah, our patients come in. We'll run a very comprehensive um, blood work, just, you know, Quest or LabCorp or PDL, just a, a blood work um, workup, lab rec. Um, and then if they're interested in longevity, anti-aging, we run the uh, true age, true diagnostics um, test, which is looking at your biological age, all the clocks I mentioned. Um, and then, yeah, heavy metals, looking at, you know, certain toxins in the body, things like that. So it's a few few blood tests that we do primarily or um, at the beginning and then based on that just follow up follow up consults is any of this covered by insurance um we don't take in we don't take insurance mm -hmm. we just found it's, it's just better to be cash pay and it's when you have a good patient volume you can actually go to blood testing like quest you can go to certain these certain companies you can go to your custom compounding pharmacy you can negotiate the price is way, 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 way down. Mm -hmm. um, so I think when patients see that, sometimes patients will get a bill. There, it was a prepaid lab rec that we negotiated with Quest, but patients, sometimes patients get a bill for like five grand. Yeah. And they go, Mike, he said the blood work was paid for us. I was like, it is, we'll take care of it. And I was, you know, it's only like 500 bucks, you know, but we've negotiated a $5,000 blood work down to yeah. four or 500 bucks. Yeah. You know, it's a ton of panels. So you get a lot of national buying power if you, you know, if you have a, a good patient volume. Yeah, it's 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 certainly a, a problem. I mean, we're in mm -hmm. we have a cash based business also, yep. and um, because it just we can't make it work otherwise. Yeah. Um, but patients in in our circumstance are uh, they have 
diagnosis codes and, uh, and, and therapy codes mm-hmm. that they can bill insurance themselves, but they don't get much back. Yeah. They, they can get some in most cases, but, yeah. but in some, or it can go to their deductible and, and uh, so it can be beneficial that way. But uh, it seems like, you know, just to give good care and almost anything costs money. Yeah. And insurance companies don't cover that enough. No. Insurance plans don't cover that enough. Um, and physicians, um, providers just uh, uh, are going through these things much more superficially mm-hmm. than is wise or yeah. is, is optimal. Um, so um, can we uh, talk about peptides in sure. layman's terms? Sure. Do my best. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, peptides is kind of interesting and with a functional sort of integrative mindset, you know, it's, it just makes sense. Um, a lot of, some of these peptides, there's 7,000 peptides that are in R and D research and development right now. Um, I think clinics use between about seven or 10 different peptides that are, I've seen really, really effective, um, outcomes with them, but peptides are just amino acid sequences. Yeah. That's all they are. And they're naturally occurring things in the body. So if you're going to use, they're not a medication, I'll consider them medication. Um, but if you're going to use something that's like close to food, uh, amino acids just sort of make sense. And they're, um, you know, giving the body, they're, they're promoting the body's um, production and effectiveness naturally. You know, like I think some of the more popular peptides would be like the human growth hormone. You know, there's a lot of, demonization with using synthetic HGH for obvious reasons and, um, you know, with like potential cancer introduction, anytime you're using human growth hormone, you know, there's the the IGF, which is a marker we use is IGF one insulin growth factor one. It's going to be a growth factor for a lot of tissues, which can Mm -hmm. be good, be great for muscle, great for bone, but it can also, you know, um, it's growth factor for certain types of cancers and things like that too. So you don't see that problem with using, you know, human growth hormone peptides, which are okay. naturally telling the pituitary gland, you know, make more human growth hormones. You're actually improving the hippocampus secretion of growth hormone releasing hormone to the pituitary gland. So your body's able to naturally kind of make its own. I've had patients use, you know, rounds of this, stopped using it, and their human growth hormone levels actually stayed up sometimes for years because you've improved. The, the sort of cellular communication between these these um, these glands that's pretty interesting. Um, you know, a lot of times you can get a lot higher um, results with it, but yeah, I mean, peptides are really. I mean, I think even semi-glutide and terazepatide, they're they're those are peptides. Yeah, you know, they are peptides. How, how long do patients need to be on? And I want to go back yeah. to the semi-glutide because yeah. we do use a lot of that in our mm-hmm. office. So mm-hmm. go more into detail about what you're using semi-glutide yep. for, mm-hmm. and also how long do patients need to be on a peptide before they're... Great question. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of like the semi-glutide, um, we'll use it, of course, with patients with high glucose or high A1C. Um, A1C is a three-month average of your blood sugar, which, again, aging seems to be the big culprit there. Um, but we'll use the semi-glutide to obviously improve insulin sensitivity, lower the blood sugar in the body, um, and then also inversely for, for weight loss, um, people 
if you look at all the benefits with intermittent fasting and caloric restriction, you know, they were able to actually prove it in animals. So you, you'd lower someone's caloric intake by 20%, increase life expectancy by, or life extension by 20%. Um, and even with, with the biological markers we use, they all improve when you just do a little, the free medicine, the intermittent fasting. Um, but yeah, with, with semi-glutide, um, you know, improving insulin sensitivity, um, it delays gastric emptying in the body, which you, you feel fuller, longer, you don't eat as much, um, and then it, it, also, it lowers the, the cravings for foods in the, in the brain as well. So you, GLP-1 receptors both in the brain and the stomach. Um, but they're, nat- they're completely natural um, amino acids that you know, in, improve these functions. And then, yeah, I think all the, all the peptides are essentially amino acids. Is that like a, a trochee that you use or you... So with the semi-glutide? Yeah. We use the injectable, injectable okay. version of it. Um, they do have sublingual trochees. Mm-hmm. A couple of custom phar- pharmacies make them that are really popular for people that are just needle phobic and just mm-hmm. can't do it. Um, those are effective as well. Um, and then there are a couple of uh, peptides that are also oral, oral and injectable. Yeah. Yeah, p- primarily. What what about the um, discontinuation of any of these? What uh, yeah. you said that the human growth hormone, for instance, may still stay up having yep. used peptides. But mm-hmm. what? Let's look at semaglutide. Mm-hmm. What happens in those circumstances yeah. when people stop? In, in your experience, okay. So yeah, when they when people stop, I th- I think with semaglutide, um, I mean you'll see a lot of the get lean quick remedies out there, the fentramine, the HCG mm-hmm. diet. I mean, that was generally a yeah. starvation diet. The HCG yeah. diet was right. 500 calories a day. People gain the weight back. Mm-hmm. The fentramine stressed out the adrenals. Cortisol yeah. went up. That signals the body to store fat. We saw a lot of just sort of um, side effects with, with kickback weight gain, right, mm-hmm. as soon as discontinuation. With the semiglutide, terazepatide, um, I haven't seen too much of that. Um, because I think it, it really changes your relationship with food, which you start getting the psychology, psychological, you know, um, sort of characteristics of overeating and emotional eating and things like that. And I think people generally improve their lifestyle and their relationship with food with, with using these. Um, and when you lower your A1C, you improve insulin sensitivity. Um, you're going to be able to metabolize food a lot easier. Your, um, your, you're just not going to have that that weight gain sort of sort of come back. So I've had patients who've been on it for 11 months, um, and they'll they'll use it at first at clinical indication doses for weight loss and improve mm-hmm. the numbers, and then they'll just they'll microdose it at okay. a, at a certain point to um, just kind of have the appetite suppressant. Yeah. You know, to, to have that. Are good. these for anyone that wants to lose weight, or are you reserving them for a certain BMI or a certain blood sugar? Yeah, we. We will use it for people with a, a BMI over 30 um, and with A1C over, over 5.7. Um, or if, let's say their numbers are good, but again, their BMI is up or they're, they're really overweight, we, we'll kind of reserve it for, for people like that. Uh, or with people that have just had, have not been successful with losing weight with diet and exercise alone, and you can tell they have like psychological yeah. relationships with food. Yeah. I think it's, it's tremendous. It's Cause great. you see a lot of celebrities, for example, that yeah. are not particularly overweight, maybe 10 pounds yeah. that, um, seem to be using it. We so choose your patients carefully yeah. with it, you know, cause, 
you can lose 10 pounds with like yeah <laughs> sleep stress management right. a little bit of movement so we just try to present it in that fashion but it's fantastic for the overweight person and the yeah it really scene. is i mean it, it's just um let's talk about intermittent fasting a little mm-hmm. bit you brought it up mm-hmm. um what's ideal do you think um I mean, it's intermittent fasting is interesting, right? It's you look at every other culture and religion, and there's been some sort of fasting in this and Written into the program. It's yeah. always been it's an old idea that they've now turned into this new novel approach, and it's like, well, I mean, look at every other religion who's done some sort of fasting. There's 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 health benefit in it. It's not just from a religious aspect, but um, when you look at intermittent fasting, like a fourteen to eighteen hour fasting, whether you skip breakfast or skip dinner, um, the body seems to clean up these senescent cells, mm-hmm. which are these, you know, cells are kind of like us when they, they don't just, they don't just don't want to die. They'll kind of try to hang on and they'll, they'll mutate and start having cancer expressions or they will um, change their epigenetics, which is turning these bad genes on. So the faster you can clean these cells up, the, the, the better. And, and, Hitting what's called autophagy or max autophagy seems to be the the answer with that, and I love it because it's just something everybody can do. It's free medicine, yeah, um, and it has a, a tremendous a, a benefit. Is there a certain time window? Because you hear mm-hmm. some people have a four hour eating window, some people an mm-hmm. eight hour eating window. Mm-hmm. What window really kicks the body into autophagy, or do they know? Yeah, it, you know, you can use things like Keto Mojo, which are these little digital sort of blood sugar that will tell you when you're in kind of ketosis. So I think for everybody it's different. Um, but I, I see most benefit between like a 14 to 16 hour. So eat dinner, six, seven o'clock, um, skip breakfast in the morning. So, you know, eat like you did in college, just black coffee in the morning. There's only two things that won't break a fast. It's going to be um, black coffee and maybe some, you know, apple cider vinegar with lemon water, which can improve insulin sensitivity, kind of jumpstart the body in the morning. So kind of do that and then have your first meal around 11 or noon. Sometimes people will plateau after time. They'll get, you know, that first five, 10 pounds off and then they'll plateau. And I'll say, okay, you know, try to do twice a week where you do like an 18 hour fast, kind of shake it up a little bit. And that seems to kind of break people through. Um, But do you find women have a harder time with that than men or is it similar? Yeah, I'd say it's, it's similar, but I'd say, you know, some people just they are like, oh, I, I can't do it. And I'm like, it's not for you then. Let's not do the intermittent fasting. And then you just try one of the million other things you could do to kind of improve life extension and things like that. But some people just can't, cannot do it. You know, they, it's their hypoglycemia or, you know, things like that. Yeah, do you think um, I, I, you're, you're dealing with intermittent fasting as I would. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people think of intermittent fasting as being maybe a day or two a week. Yeah. Where they, uh, now, is that helpful? I mean, the rat, the rat studies were, the ones that we've based all of this yeah, on. Yeah, I know. Uh, were, were just on, on the regular daily basis. Right. So a few hours per day. Yeah. Does a day or two, a full day or other, uh, make up for the rest? Is that equivalent? So Ryan Smith, who is the founder of the biological age testing company uh, that uh, I was talking about, True Age, True Diagnostics, I'm involved in a roundtable discussion with him once a month with other anti-aging experts. And, you know, we're all kind of salivating for this phone call with Ryan because he's doing half a million of these exams a month worldwide. And 
We're like, Ryan, what are you, what are you seeing? What are you seeing at three months? What are you seeing at six months? You know, he always comes back with, man, I'm seeing great things with people who do, um, who can hit max autophagy once a week, which is the full one day a week, pick a Sunday mm-hmm. where you just do 24 hours, not just complete fast. Yeah. Um, he's saying, I'm seeing biological age back, go, go back 10, 15 years wow. with just doing that single intervention. Um, and that would be a full 24 hour fast. Hard to do for a lot of people, um, I think, getting people to compliant to kind of do that. Yeah. Um, and intermittent fasting, something a lot of people can do just kind of on a, on a daily basis, you know, at least two or three days a week. Yeah. We're going to get some benefit with mm-hmm. it. So, again, you have all this knowledge and research and everything, and then when you try to give it on a clinical level to patients, you're smiling. I know. As people look at you like, ah, I can't do all this, you know, like yeah. a, a, the boy in the bubble. Um, so you have to find adaptations to a lot of these things that are going to be agreeable. Right. Do you use Prolon or, or what are your thoughts about just sort of a restricted calorie yeah. for about five days or so? Yeah, we'll, we'll do like certain fasting mimicking things. Yeah. Um, I think Prolon's done a good company, even like their little bars, the little Prolon mm-hmm. bars, which are kind of great and, and, and tricking the body into it. But, you know, a lot of the senolenics and supplements too can kind of work with that, that fasting mimicking diet. I think intermittent fasting is kind of a fasting mimicking, but I, I do like some of those principles. I've seen good things with it. You'll see a lot of these companies that are coming out there too, where it's like, oh, it's a, it's, it's fasting. And you look on the back, and I'm like, this has 20 grams of carbohydrates. There's nothing <laughs> fasting about this at all. <laughs> oh, really? It's, it's really nice. laughable. Not all that, the, 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 the health bars, the protein bars, I mean, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. You read the labels. I know. Just... I don't want to name names, but there's one that I think it says, like, no BS. You turn on the back, and I'm like, I can't pronounce any of these words on here. This is all BS. <laughs> oh. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, NAD? NAD, yeah. So, again, with Ryan Smith sitting around that round table, uh, two, two really easy things to do, intermittent fasting and using NAD, nicotinamide, adenine, dinucleotide. Um, NAD is in every single cell. It's the raw material our mitochondria use to make energy. Um, you know, if you've ever listened to... Um, Andrew Huberman or uh, David Sinclair, you know, David Sinclair has been kind of the guy touted as, you know, he's the, the Australian PhD researcher that when they sequenced the human genome, they found, you know, these longevity genes and there were seven sirtuins, um, which were these, these longevity genes and NAD seems to hit all seven of them um, in improving their epigenetic function. You know, I think it was 10 years ago or 2013, they came out with resveratrol and you, know, you got to drink a you know five gallons of red wine in order to get your resveratrol up, which you know in mice it turned these yellow brittle boned mice osteoarth you know osteoporosis um, uh, mice uh, turned them jet black. They were running on the treadmill. They were beating the cheese labyrinth of the other the other mice, and they they did very well. And we thought, oh, resveratrol, man, it's going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. Well, resveratrol works only on one sirtuin. Mice only have once or two and as far as their genes go. So NAD seems to work on all seven. We see great things with um, epigenetic changes in the body when we run certain testing. Um, it's something easy to kind of take. Again, looking at certain government agencies, they, they've, they've pulled NMN, which is the oral version of NAD that you can take uh, from the market. But you can still get injectable NAD with prescription. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's I'm trying great to think of a aging. supplement that we had. Uh, sure, 
True niagen. Yeah. yeah. True, true niagen's great. That's the NR, the nicotinamide riboside. I think some of the problems are they're, they're seen with it. Some of the research I've I've done seen is that it has to convert NR has to convert into NMN and then mm-hmm. back into N and and then back into NAD into the cell. And when you take an oral and there's all these conversions, you're gonna yeah. maybe absorb about twenty percent of it. Um, but NMN just converts once it gets into the cell, it just converts right into NAD. So the uptake seems to be better. I know it's they one of David Sinclair's research and his what he's kind of found, but Doing a thousand milligrams of NMN or NAD a day with a thousand milligrams of resveratrol just as a sirtuin enhancer, and then taking you know some methylation agents like trimethylglycine or even beef liver, desiccated yeah. beef liver capsules daily. So you can improve your 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 NAD levels by a hundred percent. So is, what product do you have patients take it orally or do you prefer the IV both. route? Or? So IV. I mean, I, we started out doing a bunch of IV, right? And it was expensive, um, time consuming, time consuming, painful, like mm-hmm. with the nausea and the headaches feel and things. Terrible. Flushing. You feel terrible Getting with it. it. Yeah. I mean, you can offset that by using huge amounts of trimethylglycine or giving a patient, mm-hmm. you know, 20 pills of desiccated beef liver, which has choline, which will really improve the, the side effects. You can kind of cruise through one of those IVs doing it that way. But it seems to be that daily dosing of NAD or NMN really is what you need to really improve intercellular production of, of NAD. Doing a you know a $1,000 big NAD infusion once a month, you're going to have this peak and then you're going to have this trough. And I think with you know, the longevity of it, it's, it's probably not the best way to kind of do it. So it was profitable for our clinic at a time and yeah. I think for a lot of clinics, but at the end of the day, when the research starts developing, you have to be honest and go, hey, look, I think you just taking the oral mm-hmm. is going to be the way to go. Or just sub, we'll take the same dose and just send it to the patient. They can do sub-Q injections at home. Just microdose a little bit of NAD every day, right in the belly fat. Have you used the NAD nasal sprays or sublingual? Do you find those effective? Um, I haven't used the nasal sprays. We've used the it, electrophoresis. It's like the patch. I think those are are good. Um, there is a test out there. Oh gosh, my budget. Genf- Genfinity, and it's actually a test you can do. We do it at the clinic along with the True Age. Um, it measures your intercellular levels of NAD, um, and it's again, it's a kit someone can do just at home, and it'll tell you kind of where you are. are. You optimal? Are you suboptimal? So based on that, that's interesting. I yeah. Didn't- Back in the day, there was no way to measure NAD there in the wasn't. body, so yeah. that's really And measuring the serum really isn't going to tell you a whole lot. It yeah. tells you what's in the blood. It yeah. doesn't tell me what's in the cell, which right. what's in the cell is going to really be the kind of the, the, the effective dose. So, And then True Age is actually coming out with a similar test, but uh, the Gefinity guys have done a, a good job. So we'll run that, and if, if you're high and you're good, say, hey, maybe you don't need it right now. But if, if you're low and you're suboptimal, you know, Levels of NAD seem to, you're born with a bunch, and then when you hit 40, they get cut in half. And then when you get to be about 60, you have none. So, and if you look at the aging process, people between 60 and 80 seems to age pretty quick, both mentally and both physically. So, you know, improving your levels of NAD have, have you know, great potential in slowing down. I mean, you're not going to see Benjamin Button's things, but <laughs> you, you, you can slow down the aging process cellularly and, and see improvements biologically. You mentioned earlier, um, if we if we look at some of the religions, 
mm-hmm. throughout the world that uh, over millennia mm-hmm. there have been certain rules that people keep and we found that those are beneficial but what's surprising and, and really remarkable to me is how did they know that back then because they did i mean I, I all of these things made sense at the time yeah whether it's a cloven hoof yeah uh, animal that you're not supposed to eat sure. or, and fish on fridays or whatever yeah it, it's um it's really remarkable it is. that there is this science in there yeah uh there's there's methodology that is yeah really valid they didn't have true age testing or Japanese testing. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have biological <laughs> levels i think you know if you're gonna take a you know throw a dart at a dartboard i think they just felt better they looked better and who yes, knows but really ten thousand years of evolution they figured it out a long time ago these yeah. are just new twists on, yeah. on old yeah. ideas it's fascinating absolutely even like with prayer it's you know we talk about oh breath work and going mm-hmm. the autonomic nervous system going yeah. from sympathetic you know fight or flight to parasympathetic rest and digest you know you can't rest and digest look at the word it's you can't really yeah. digest a meal and sympathy and i think prayer is a form of slowing the body down before mm-hmm. a meal doing some breath work and these had health benefits. It wasn't yeah. just prayer. It's really Absolutely. fascinating. Yeah. So do you recommend a particular diet for patients um, or just intermittent fast? Mm-hmm. Um, we do. We, we will, you know, try to, try to keep, we kind of, I stopped doing consults in nutrition probably seven years ago because it's tedious. It's it's tedious and people know how to eat good generally. And you want to keep it as simple as possible Mm -hmm. because you want people to enjoy life. You want to enjoy food and things like that. So we try to educate on the Mediterranean diet, just plant-based, good healthy fats, piece of protein the size of your fist, keeping refined sugar, things that processed at bay. The conversation should be that long, Mm -hmm. you know, and then we'll give them, you know, grocery lists or, um, you know, if, if exercise and nutrition seems to be something that's a big, you know, barrier for you, I'm like, get a trainer, you know, have, take, take that off your FOM front of your mind, give it to somebody else. Call, you know, there's a gal here in town, healthy warrior, Mia, she's fantastic. And I've never had this. I've been doing it for two years. I've never had the same meal twice. You tell her exactly what you like, but they're gourmet private meals. And it's, like a delivery yeah, service? Yeah, Ooh. it's she's great. <laughs> I, I get all my patients on it. Yeah, I want my cut, Mia. No. Healthy Warrior. Yeah, Healthy Warrior. She's here in town. She gets all of her produce from the Goleta farmers over here. Um, there's going to be some, probably some cross-contamination with glyphosates and things like that, but she does her best. She gets all of the fish from Santa Barbara Fish Market. I think all of the meat um, and poultry comes from Julian Ranch, so it's about as organic as you can find Mm -hmm. and her meals are fantastic. So I just, I try to be like, Hey, if this is nutrition and exercise, super hard for you, just can't wrap your head around it. Spend some money, give it to somebody else, just show up with your trainer and get your meals delivered. But yeah, I mean, plant-based, good, healthy fats, protein, the size of your fist, keep it really, really simple. Mm -hmm. Keep the sugar and the bread. It's here in the States. You know, I just got back from South of France and, we had croissants and baguettes and beer, and I felt great. I lost weight. And I'm like WTF? Like what? What is what is going on over here? And then you know you look look into it a little bit. Same gluten content breads over there is here, but they just don't have the glyphosates and the herbicides. You know, it's as rampant, which you know unlocks certain valve disease, and then gluten gets out in the monothorax and in your bloodstream and 
Hashimoto's and all these other things. It's like, oh, I felt great. <laughs> really interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. So when someone does one of those um, DNA methylation tests mm -hmm. or determine their biological age, mm -hmm. what are some things that you recommend to yeah. help them lower that? So you get with the true age, there's eight different reports. Some of those reports are 50, 60 pages long. And I'm like, oh gosh, like I'm going to give this patients these patient provider reports. So I take all that data. I condense it. I like to say I make a key or a legend so you can actually understand the Swahili of those. Um, and I'll do a two page report where I, I summarize each one of those markers. And at the end of it, I'll say, yeah, you did good. You did bad. They didn't do so good on telomeres, but they did good on their stem cells. And then they did really poor on their, their pace of aging. I'll, I'll add, I break it down into like four pillars, lifestyle, supplementation, peptides, um, and then, you know, some procedural things you could do. I'll recommend certain modalities in each one of those to implement. Like for telomeres, I think TA65 has been great and it's been shown in studies to really increase the length of telomeres. Is telomeres the best biological marker we have? Ten years ago it was. Yeah. Today I don't think so anymore. I think there's others that are out there. But use all the data. Like culminate all yeah. the data. Um, and there's things for like the immune system. You know, certain peptides are, are fantastic for it. You know, in the trim trial, you know, they've, things to regrow the, the thymus gland and improve the immune system. Um, but yeah. Do you find epitalon, if I'm pronouncing that mm -hmm. properly, mm -hmm. I know that one's supposed to extend longevity. Mm -hmm. Have you seen any I will recommend it. results? Yeah. Do you? If someone does bad on telomeres and they're just like, I really want to regrow my telomeres, I'll say TA65 and Epitalian. You know, that's a Canaverson who was the he was the Russian. Um, he discovered that one. He was the the Russian biophysicist that during the the KGB hired him during the Cold War to kind of create super soldiers. It's something out of like Wonder Woman wow. or these Marvel comics where like, you know, the, the bad guy is this creating super soldiers and things like that. But that was actually based, you know, those stories are kind of based on him, but he would, he created most of these peptides, um, and, and the epitalian, um, but epitalian, you know, you can use it for, for one month round or twice a year to help telomere, telomerase or the regrowing of, of telomeres. Um, I've seen good good results with it. Um, there's certainly a lot, of, a lot of data and a lot of study that says to present that it, it, it does really work. Um, so, you know, you can, with Epitalian and, and TA65, but just don't forget, and there's four, there's, there's three things that I think really causes rapid aging, and it's going to be stress, alcohol consumption, and lack of sleep. Those are three things that I see over and over and over that people are guilty of when they have get poor biological outcome on their aging. So there's, you know, there's, we're trying to really, again, focus on the free medicine, things that people can do every day and focusing on sleep, stress, nutrition, movement, and then sprinkle a couple of these supplements and senolytics in there. Uh, but are there any supplements that you maybe not universally recommend, mm -hmm. but really you go to time and again? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, magnesium and D3, with K2, I can't say it enough. You know, everybody seems to be deficient in them. I know our, our food quality here in the U.S., when you look at nutrient profile and things, um, we have so many people that come into the clinic with typical things. I can't sleep, 
and you know, I'm tired. Those are like the two things. You know, if you can correct hypoferritinemia or iron anemia, you know, by boosting that up, getting that ferritin up high, and then also, you know, just with trace minerals, something as simple as electrolytes, you know, use, use um, oh gosh, what's the company? Um, Rob Wolf, he wrote The Paleo Solution, great writer. Um, but he came up with, gosh, what is it called? It's an, it's an electrolyte blend. It's just potassium, sodium, and, ma- and magnesium. Um, but just, just doing that, everybody's, I mean, is going to feel better. We can, we can improve trace minerals and, and magnesium. And then vitamin D3, K2. You know, it's, it's, I mean, it's just kind of been, been proven. Most people, if you're above the 37th parallel, you know, which we are here in California, you're, you're not getting, people say, oh, I just, I'm getting the sun a lot. You're not going to convert um, OHV rays, you know, from the sun, from vitamin D2 to, to, to vitamin, you know, what is it, 25, um, vitamin D3. You're just not, not going to convert it. Like people need to take at least 5,000 to 10,000 IU, of, I think, of D3 daily. Um, so those are those are frequent flyers that we, I think we we like to recommend every day, and, and people feel a difference. So I have a question going back mm-hmm. to the thyroid, which we mm-hmm. talked about um, at the beginning. We have lots of patients that are on thyroid meds. Mm-hmm. What what are you can can a patient like that um, go off their med and transition to some type of therapy that you're doing? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, I think, well, in traditional medicine days, we use a lot of Synthroid and just, you know, T4, mm-hmm. but you have to remember that all that has to, T4 has to go to the liver. It's got to convert to T3. T3 is the only, free T3 is the only bioavailable form of thyroid hormone. It's the only one that really, really matters. So I think custom compounded T3, T4, you know, Armour Thyroid, WP, NP Thyroid are, are better medications. I think the number one culprit for hypothyroidism is, is Hashimoto's. And it's, which is an autoimmune disease. And if you can correct that, a lot of times thyroid function can improve. So we've seen it time and time and time again, where people have been on thyroid medication for years and they, their antibodies are sky high, which is something doctors don't traditionally run, which, you know, traditional medicine doctors don't, don't run as the thyroid antibodies. But if you correct those, you can crush those antibodies with, you know, selenium and low dose naltrexone and pulling gluten from your diet. Um, once those antibodies go down, thyroid function can return it can it can improve a lot of times um but i mean for then there's the groups of people who just need to be on their on their thyroid meds because of really long term just right just yeah. damage we have a lot of those so yeah. as far as like um sustainability to the programs you offer mm-hmm. i mean and i know you offer a lot of different mm-hmm. ones but do people seem is it sustainable in mm-hmm. terms of so I was guilty of this. I was telling Allison, uh, um, I was guilty of this at first. You know, I love this stuff. I'm super passionate about it. I really found my, my home in the specialty. But when you learn all these things, and I'm a guinea pig. I've used this stuff on myself and parents and, mm-hmm. you know, family members. And then you try to, you see these markers on patients and you're listening to them. And you want, you know, I always tell physicians too, when we, we train a lot of physicians in this stuff, it's like, don't just treat, treat the patient or don't just treat the labs, the biomarkers, like, like treat the patient. What are they telling you? And then make these, these correlations. But, um, you know, I always, I always try to, sorry, repeat that question again. I got trailed off. I just said, (laughs) (laughs) the question was the sustainability of the program. Gotcha. 
So just, just for people listening, like, oh, yeah. could I do a program like this? Yeah. What is the commitment? What, you know, I really want this. Mm-hmm. And but then you need to sustain it, right? Or yeah. do people reach a point and they back away and level off? Or great, like- great question. So I was, I had to learn this because, like I said, I was so passionate about all these things you can do. But don't be a kitchen sink provider. Don't mm-hmm. throw all this stuff at the patient at once. I'm not going to put you on rapamycin and fisetin and quercetin and D3 and magnesium and your B12s and your NAD and your hormones. Thyroid, I'm not going to do it all at once. I'm going to, hey, there's a few things here. You came in, these were your goals. You put it on here, your your main goals are X, Y, and Z. We're just going to focus on these the first three to six months. That's it. Um, there's a couple things I see on here, but let's just, let's get you to your goals. Develop trust with that patient. Um, and then after that, you know, you can start adding things on or taking things off once you kind of fix certain issues with patients. Um, but I think there's more sustainability with this when you can combine healthy lifestyle. You can correct so much with just healthy lifestyle. Yeah. And when you're able to fix a lot of these things with lifestyle and then just a few, four or five, you know, maybe supplements, hormone optimization. Um, but don't be a kitchen sink provider. Just start with very simple things at first and then you can carry it. A lot of times people just have to go from point A to point B. It's weight loss. And, mm-hmm. and you start, you know, maybe more at the beginning. Um, but then once the weights come off, they have a healthy lifestyle. You can take a lot of this stuff off. They're just on D3, magnesium, little DHEA. You know, they're on, on very, very few things. So a lot of times we will take things off, off the patient. Um, Do you find that patients are, by the time they get to you, they're ready to make those lifestyle changes that are really going to help in all this? Or is there this resistance like, Oh yeah. no, my diet's fine. I think it's oh, it's kind know. of yeah. It's, oh, I take supplements. You, you, know. you do you get it you get it all right. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny. Um, we ran a promotion one Christmas where it was like give the gift of health, and we people were buying these little gift certificates to give to loved ones, and the people who bought them were like our patients who were just really excited about the program. They've seen good results, but then they started giving buying these gift certificates, hanging them out to family members in the Midwest who were not ready for any of this yeah. stuff. And you can't really gift this and they're not stoked on <laughs> any of this, but they would do the blood work. They'd come in. It's hard, I think, to gift this. You really have to be, I don't want to say rock bottom, but some people have to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm-hmm. And then they find us and then you can start optimizing. And then when they go from point A to point B and they, they feel better, they have more energy. People need to see proof. And they're like, this is great. Like, you know, I've, I've never, my traditional physician never told me about any of this stuff and feel better than I have in 20 years. Yeah. They have to kind of like, they have to kind of see it. Right. I'm sure. And they have to be open. They to, have to be open. They have to be mm-hmm. ready for it. And they have to be kind of, say, desperate for a change. But, you know, I've tried all these other things. And, you know, my, my friend told me about you and she's gotten, he, she's gotten great results. So I thought I'd come here. Yeah, I think we all have that sort of referral based practice mm-hmm. where, yes, we do marketing and we, mm-hmm. you know, try to get the word out, but it it does come back to people. It's yeah, yeah. we do zero marketing besides our website and SEO, but it's it's all referral. It's all yeah. patient word of mouth, and I think that's the best kind of that's the I best marketing yeah. in this. You know, and if, if patients see a difference. It's, and things like this where you're informing, yeah, you know, educating yeah. and informing. Yeah. 
A lot of people didn't know. They're like, I didn't even know you guys were here. I didn't know you guys yeah, exist. Yeah, I know. I know. And then there's these kind of clinics like this out here, mm-hmm. you know, functional medicine. What's that? And there's something good about that, though, where you're just quietly doing your thing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I like that. That's what we've done the last yep. 14 years. It's perfect. <laughs> In the corner. It's great. Yeah. I'm handing the mic back. <laughs> <laughs> so... Oh. <clears throat> Just curious when mm-hmm. someone's already, I mean, some people, you're right, weight loss, lifestyle changes, mm-hmm. kind of the foundation. Um, what are some of the next level things? Do you do like the full body MRI or mm-hmm. how do you um, yeah, um, view that? Yeah. So we recommend calcium scores on people. Sometimes it's good going to public radiology, doing a calcium score of the heart. I think it's a really great mm-hmm. approach, especially if you're triglycerides are through the roof, you got a strong family history. People are just like, hey, what are some of the imaging we should do? Definitely recommend full body MRI to see certain lesions, things like that, or the uh, you know aneurysms. Um, the second one would be just a calcium score, which is going to show, you know, all sort of plaque buildup in the the, the coronary arteries. And if they fail that, we'll recommend that they go down to, um, well, there's Renaissance imaging, but the clearly, which is a fantastic calcium score that will show the hard versus soft plaque that's in the heart. So a lot of people don't yeah. know about that. And of course the gallery, we all were at that mm-hmm. gallery talk a few weeks ago at the Montecito club, but gallery is like the third one that I recommend to everybody, which is a, just a, a vial of blood that can show, over 50 different cancers going on. It's not great for a few cancers, but um, I mean, to be, to be able to detect early, early cancer. Um, have you had a positive yet? I have not. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who's got a big, huge anti-aging clinic in Miami though. And I, I rec- I was like, and we always try to help each other mm-hmm. with modalities and, and, and ramping the clinic up. And I said, Brian, you should really, you know, do this gallery test. He's like, oh, okay, I'll take a look at it. Um, well, he had his mother do the very first test, you know what I'm going to say? And she was positive for, for lung cancer. Wow. Um, they caught it super early. Thank God. But he called me back. He was like, man, you're not going to believe this. He's yeah. like, my mom run the test and lung cancer. And sure enough, they went to the, um, get the imaging done and there it was. That's really the most significant, um, advance. And for sure. Uh, for a long time. Yeah. I mean, I was really, I played a part in radiation oncology and nuclear medicine. I was doing PET scans and staging Mm -hmm. these, these, these men and women for years. And if you looked at what we, I think still have, it's a blood test that tests for four different types of cancers. And then by the time you see it, it's stage three or stage four, like pancreatic or, um, Hodgkin's lymphoma. It's like, it's too late once you kind of find it. And this is early detection. It's fantastic. It's crazy. So it's a blood test that Mm -hmm. detects. Any cancer in the body? Um, over 50 different types of cancer. It's from what I recall, it's not great for bladder. It's not great for... Um, it's not great for brain. Brain, because you can't the blood-brain barrier, mm-hmm. you can't pass it. And it's not right. great for uh, dermatological, mm-hmm. um, like Your skin brain. and things, which right. dermatologist is for, yeah. Um, but for a lot of the things we can't see inside the body, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's on the cover of Time magazine. And they said exactly oh, what yeah? you said. Mm-hmm. Like one of the best yeah. um, science discoveries of the 21st century. Yeah. Yeah, I've told some patients about it and um, they have taken that uh, to their oncologists with 
great suspicion. I know. It's our <laughs> our war. We 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 fight. I I, I yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's open your eyes a, a little bit. And I get it. I think a lot of traditional medicine doctors, their hands are tight, like we talked about with insurance and things like that. You know, it's, you can't blame them, but it's why people like Allison and I jumped the, jumped the pond. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> no more. Good for you. Yeah. So it seems like you're addressing metabolic issues, mm-hmm. cardiovascular, mm-hmm. Um, cancer. Cancer, anything neurodegenerative diseases yeah. like Alzheimer's or yeah. dementia. Yeah, we um, again. There's peptides for that um, in um, hormones. I mean, it's like when we we was involved in a clinical research trial down at UCLA 14 years ago with doing PET imaging, and you know, for drug companies that were coming out with these novel drugs for Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, Lewy body, all all addressing all the dementias. The drugs didn't work. But some of the research fellows I was involved with, they, we were looking at hormones. We were looking at things like testosterone, progesterone, estrogen, and the benefits of like just brain health and things like that. And this is not to mention, I mean, Alzheimer's also like it's, it's again, insulin resistance. Like I say it till my you know face falls off. But um, looking at hormones to optimize brain function. Um, and again, there's there's peptides that show great great promise. There's Selenax, Cmax, Cerebrosilin. Um, these are three peptides, but there's, I have actually a lot of data showing um, increasing peripheral vascular flow or improving ischemic. Um, you got to choose your patients correctly. If you got somebody with Parkinson's or, or Alzheimer's and there's infarcted tissue, you look at the PET scan and there's no uptake in the temporal lobe, um, which is going to be um, Alzheimer's. Um, the PET scan is just the imaging platform that we use if you see you know lack of uptake in the basal ganglia it's going to be parkinson's louis bodies the back of the brain but it's a really easy scan to read where you can tell you know our son or daughter who brings their parents in that have some sort of dimension like what what they actually have mm-hmm. um but if they're ischemic and there's narrowing you can you can bring back certain functions to these these parts of the brain um we're looking a lot at mold right now and parkinson's um, and certain types of mold like ochiotoxin, which attacks the, the basal ganglia and the dopamine receptors in the brain. Um, and just clearing mold out of the brain or biofilms and biotoxins, you can, um, we're seeing improvements with um, tremors and things like that. But it's pretty fascinating. Wow. Yeah. wow. Thank okay. you very much. Yeah, yeah. My thank pleasure. You. No, thank you very much. So thanks very much, Michael, for doing this. We really appreciate the time you spent with us. Yeah, it was a really great episode, lots of information, and I think we may have to have you back soon. I think that's correct. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, We're getting really good feedback uh, from viewers and listeners. We'd really appreciate a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Thank you. You can always DM the Vagina Doctor Instagram with any questions or topics you'd like to learn more about or email us. The Vagina Doctor Podcast. It all starts here.